Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy. The number one fuckboy. Just realizing my windows are open. The number one fuckboy. Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Sort of a creative lie there because Arthur is currently on the walk with his dog walker with my assistant, I'll say as a joke, <laughs> but really a person I overpaid to walk my dog for a half hour. Also joining me in High Mighty Studios, known this dude for a long time since the days of multiple kidneys. Is that possible? Were you 27 kidneys? 27 kidneys was the team. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't on that No, team. you weren't on that I one. I was eye badger. Oh, eye badger. I mean, get it right. The history of UCB Maude, you dumbass. <laughs> I've known him since Maude was incepted. <laughs> he's in LA now and he's on this podcast because we have something in common, which you'll hear very shortly. Jeff Garlock, everybody. Hello. Uh, hi. That intro really blows up my hearing aids. <laughs> yeah, that, that intro does a lot to me as well. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. Sure. In the middle of it, I was like, my poor neighbors, I realized. My do- <laughs> well, they got basically used to it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, more or less. My My barber used to be my upstairs neighbor and he was just like, Hey, so what do you do downstairs? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hard to explain, man. Yeah. Just making a living, man. Yeah. <laughs> I look, I can't even articulate to my mom what it is I do. I'm not going to explain it to you, man. One day I'll have to explain it to my son, and that'll be a confusing <laughs> answer to a confusing question. The terrifying thing that someday I'll have a kid who's going to be like, hey, did you know your dad has over a thousand hours of recorded audio you can yeah. hear him just sounding like an asshole scumbag full time more uh grist for the fire for them to <laughs> right, be perfect yeah. just play it for your therapist yep. it's gonna <laughs> save us money it just goes straight to what my dad's been doing yeah like well I, my dad was a distant not around too much dad at least my son if i'm one of those d- deadbeat dads i would love to have a record of my dad's <laughs> deadbeatness yeah i mean i, I can explain it of just like owned his own business and was a high school football 
football coach, but you know, no it's more. a good shorthand. <laughs> Doesn't get into the deep depths of my Shit, He's like a 90s drama dad. He totally is. It's a nice, good summary. Let's add alcoholic on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was a given. Yeah. That I got. Didn't have to explain that one. Yeah. He's sober. Get out of here. Crazy. Um. Well, Today's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, man. And uh, that's a big holiday for metalhead and horrorheads like yourself. You got that right. It's my dream. <laughs> Although you I hate most aspects of actually Halloween, which is the crazy part. I don't like haunted houses. <laughs> you don't uh, like candy. <laughs> I hate candy. I actually think candy doesn't taste as good anymore. It's that's a big true. bummer. Uh, I don't like the smell of latex from latex masks. So you don't, do you don't, you're not a costumes guy. No, I hate, yeah, I hate dressing up. I despise it, even though I own spoiler uh five no yeah five carpenter masks that i have displayed in my house like a monster i won't wear them no no i just look at them and i bought those like heads that you put wigs on so that i could display them so when my mother-in-law stays over she's freaked the fuck out that's so so your baby's like that's the room with the heads in it he's just used to it he thinks they're funny i'm learning him well like i love dario argento (laughs) good work son i love you boy (laughs) dude uh, first of all, that's very weird. I would assume you were like a big, I am a Halloween head. I don't, I like dressing up. I hate like having to plan a cuss. I'm lazy, yes. uh-huh. but I do like haunted events and I like haunted houses and mazes. I don't, I'm not easily scared. That's but, the problem. I get stressed because I can see them working so hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned that with the power of marijuana, I could almost get myself to the point where I start to find that shit scary. That's it. Screwed. <laughs> too completely sober. So I got nothing. So yeah. instead it's like the dude jumps out too early or too late. I'm like, feel bad. I'm like, sorry, man, next time, which happens all the time. If you're stuck on the downbeat in a haunted house and you're all exclusively seeing people running back towards a hole, yeah. it's very upsetting. Ooh, you're like, that was an hour wait. And now I'm catching everyone at the tail. Like I'm catching the, the part in the porn where everyone's putting their pants back exactly. on. <laughs> and I can, I don't like the moment when it's like, they remember the boss was like, don't touch them. Right. Right. They're so like, they do that like, like yeah. in your face. I'm like, I get it, man. I can't just go for the ride. Uh, do, have you, have you enjoyed Halloween vicariously through your son, like dressing him up and like getting a walk? Yeah. Walk I mean, around? this is the first year he's going to trick or treat. So I'm psyched on that. Oh, that's cool. Uh, every hour he changes his costume. <laughs> uh, he's like, Vampire skeleton, princess, pumpkin. I'm a princess. I'm going to be the pumpkin. It changes around. And then every day is just like $40,000 a year costume budget. Well, he found some $45 train costume. I was like, maybe something else, son. Uh, Daddy's still trying to find some work. But an orange sweatshirt. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But he loves finding spookies. He likes going to walk around the neighborhood and look for spookies. Like a spooky type situation or yeah, Halloween he, decorations? Yeah, he wants Halloween decorations. Oh, but then, cool. So like last night was a long walk in my neighborhood, but it was like, I like this. Don't like this. Don't like. Like. <laughs> but he's also like, every time I pick him up from daycare, it's like dragons, two dragons. I want two dragons because he knows there are two dragons I could drive by if I go far out of our way. Uh, so I'm enjoying it, kind of. Yeah, uh, like you're, he already has like hyper specific taste. He's like, I don't like this guy. That's what, like, yeah, you've got yourself a little horror film. And I'm sitting there like explaining. I was just like, well, I can't promise you two, but we'll work. Th- I get it. You're specific. Like I'm a pain in the ass too. It's great. You're my son. I appreciate the specifics. Yeah, I'm gonna be it. hard to pull off. Let's. 
let's get one dragon and call it a night. Yeah, I, I just I can't <laughs> promise the one that blows up. I know the one on the roof is gonna be there. I know I'm bound to disappoint you, so let's do this. Hey, if this is the disappointment you feel from your father, welcome. Yeah, <laughs> don't let like- me list off all the things Grampy did. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's really uh so I I am but I was not a horror movie guy growing up. Right. I got into it way later, which right. is like I I forget who, I was talking to uh Ben Rogers this weekend. I was like I think I've seen the Freddy and Jason movies all once each. Like oh, if, really? if I've seen them all and I probably have missed one or two except for dream warriors, which I've seen multiple times. Dream warriors right? is the best. Yeah. That is my favorite. If but- I'm going to watch a pedophile kill people, <laughs> it should be dream warriors. <laughs> Man, yeah, that was a weird tagline for the movie when it came out. I know. I was like, I guess you could go with that marketing, but it worked. Uh, Patricia Arquette. There the, you power, go. The, the, the magnificent charisma of Freddy Krueger is insane that you're like laughing and enjoying him calling teenage girls a bitch when the you bitch know that he's a child a little rough. Yeah. Bitch. Like, as you get old, it's just like, yeah. And that ends up being why, like, I, I've seen all these so many times, but it's like, Jason, I have the. Freddie, I got the most issues with Jason, the second most. Myers is my boy. Michael, who does that? And then that's the thing. Halloween is one that I had seen a bunch, and I don't know why. It was one of those things where I I think I talk about this on podcasts all the time that, like, it took me forever to even realize that there was the idea that one person was behind several movies. Yes. Like, and the second, because Big Trouble in Little China is my entree into. Uh, I mean, I saw a bunch of his movies when I was a kid, but Big Trouble in China is the movie that spoke immediately yeah. to my brain. It was I'm on like, HBO nonstop. Yeah, it was on so HBO nonstop. Helps. It was funny. Yep. It had karate. It had uh, crazy muscle guy. It had like everything you want. Kurt Russell, right. like cool Mortal hot Kombat, chicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it had Raiden. It yeah. Had, <laughs> everything it was, a young boy needs growing up. So for me, that movie hit me right. And then like. As I got older and I learned that that same person did The Thing and uh, The Fog and Halloween, I was like, oh, shit, I like all of these movies. Yeah. And then I so and now I find myself to being a huge fan of John Carpenter like, yes. uh, and thinking I'm a huge fan and then going to see him perform live on Halloween. And I'm like, well, I've never seen In the Mouths of Madness or this one. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, I guess I'm so, uh, this guy. I've been a huge fan of his for however long. And there's guy. He's got two or three movies I've seen zero times. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, his repertoire is deep, but right. also because he's so good, he's so rewatchable. Yeah. So like you want to rewatch more than the other ones, I think. And like as especially as I get older. If I'm going to the big three, like Freddy, I can't really watch at all anymore. Right. I really do have a hard time with the bitch and the pedophile aspects. Yeah, right. And the remake really pushed it hard. Like uh, the uh, the remake recently with uh, 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 with the kid from Bad News Bears. Yes. The uh, old man from the Bad old News yeah, Bears. Yeah, he's now, uh, but because they got a scene in that one, it's like Rooney Mara finding photographic evidence of her getting molested. Oh. And I was like, well, yeah, man. We were dancing <laughs> around it in the other ones. Yeah. And then because he's a good actor, you make him feel bad that he gets burned by the parents. Yeah. Jackie so, Earl something. Jackie Earl. Johnson. J-E-G. But, and then Jason, like on the other Friday the 13th, like I think one and two are pretty solid, but then the rest just feel like nostalgia. I've watched them a billion times, but right. because Seanus Cunningham is like, he, they're all jobbers. Right, like, right. They're, they're fucking, they just get the job done directing wise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and kind of the same with, I think Wes Craven a lot of times, like, and, but Carpenter, 
has got a fucking style. There's a lot going on in the original Halloween that upon a rewatch you see like, oh, this is not just a slasher movie. Right. Like there's some comic elements. The glasses over the fucking sheet look is he's like- a, He's so- a prankster, baby. Yeah, he yeah. loves bits. <laughs> Michael Myers loves a good bit. He's not going to stop. He stopped. He cut holes out of a sheet. Got the glasses. Just to do a bit yeah, on A guy on who her. wears a mask put on a costume. Yes. Uh, it makes sense in so many layers. Yeah. I could write a graduate thesis on it. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, Halloween was my entry point. Like, yeah. and, But like when I was a kid too, like the same thing where I don't think I completely was like, oh, here's what the oeuvre of these directors is. Right, right. It's just like when I was a kid, I just happened to have like uh, a babysitter whose kid showed me all of the horror movies. And I remember in uh, summer camp, I had this one dude who like probably went to prison eventually, but was my friend in summer camp. And I remember once him being like, yeah, I've seen every horror movie. Just ask me the plot. And he explained them all to me. And then when I finally saw them, I was like, motherfucker was lying (laughs) so much. I was like, why did Jason do what he does? And it's like, oh, because they desecrated his uh, grave. It's definitely what happened. That's a weird thing. And I guess it's a little less likely now, I'm assuming, with younger generations because of the internet. Right. But kids would straight up be like, oh, you haven't seen this movie yet? And you'd be like, no. It's like, well, this is what happens in it. And then when you would eventually see it, be like, that dude was lying. Weird flex, man. Yeah, like, it Jesus. was. It was about lying. That you. I had a friend, my childhood best friend. I guess he's still my best friend. Whenever we talk, back in the day, he used to be like, oh, I saw that movie. And I'd be like, I know he did it. <laughs> right. And so I'd be like, oh, what was your favorite part? And like he would start lying. And I'd be like, oh, I saw this movie and this scene doesn't exist. I let you fuck. I gave you the rope. Nothing better than catch to that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. and a lie, though. Seriously. It doesn't affect him at all no. for some reason. Right. <laughs> He'll just continue that lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and, but Halloween. And like I was obsessed with going to the video store and staring at the boxes of everything. Like I like had the plots of everything in my mind. That's our generations. Uh, like that's lost on the new generation. Yeah. Is like you would rent a movie like Dr. Giggles is one that comes to mind is like, yes. I just saw it at the video store like every time. And I was yep. like, I just don't have the balls tonight. Yeah. It looks so scary. And there are ones that I still didn't have the balls because of the box. <laughs> right, like, right. Like, and then- I love Dario Argento and I didn't seen Phenomena till very late because oh. I knew I don't like fucking bugs. <laughs> And I was like, I don't want to deal with Jennifer Connelly covered in maggots. I'm always dealing with maggots in Italian horror films, but this motherfucker I know is going to be nothing but maggots. Uh, The box art was always just like the shit you'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's the one with the guy with the gun on? Oh, yeah. And it'd be the dream ones that I was talking about, like the porn boxes. That would be like banned in 36 countries. So we had like, I spit on your grave yes. and cannibal Ferox, AKA make them die slowly. <laughs> and those ones were huge, like just giant old school porn boxes. And then when I eventually saw this, I was like, these are real rough to watch. Like I spit on your grave is not as much of a feminist allegory as some writers want to make it out to be. Yeah. There, there is that element to old horror movies where they're like, it's cutting edge, but in an interesting way. And it's like, Oh, this is like rape adjacent yes. for like 40 minutes. hundred <laughs> percent. Like there's just like too many rapes and I spit out your grave. There's but too- it's hard because there's a great book, Men, Women, and Chainsaws by Carol Clover, <laughs> which is where they came up with it. She came up with the idea of the final girl. And it's like a feminist reading of horror films and rape revenge films. And it's an amazing book. <laughs> I stand behind most of it, but still I'm just like, I don't want to watch Ms. 45 over and over yeah, again. It's fucked up when you watch those old horror movies and it's like, it's fun to see an R-rated movie. It's fun to see random boobs mm-hmm. or a butt or peen in a movie. Peen sure. way less than the others. But 
um, when you get the random boobs and you're like, oh, fun. But then it's part of a woman being like murdered yeah. or whatever. You're like, well, when I, you were a kid, it was like any port in the storm. Right. It's like, yes, tits. Bummer. She's getting slashed. Right. Now, as an adult, you're like, leave the poor girl alone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> My illegal uh, Rolling Stone cable box wasn't consistent with the Spice Channel. So you took what you can get. But there is a validity to like the weird amalgam of sex and violence is a weird thing that probably fucked me up at right. some point. Because oh, I watched sure. all these things way too young. Like, yes. Like insanely young and like- That was going to be my next question for you was like, what was your like TV or movie permissive uh, household? You seem to be dad works all Dad works all the time yeah. and drinks. That's my situation. You're watching whatever you want. Seemed to be pretty loose <laughs> and like a lot of it happened at my babysitter's house like where it seemed definitely she was not caring. Right, right. Uh, so like my older friend Frank was showing me everything. Uh, that's uh, awesome. But then also we would watch, you know, like I think I saw Halloween on like ABC first because he used to show it like right. Sunday night movie. And then Christine, I definitely saw Christine first on an ABC Sunday night movie and they sent me to bed, but I could see through the stairs if I like <laughs> bent my head down. So I like bent over to watch the whole movie because I was obsessed through, like, with Christine. A, through, like down Upside the stairs. Upside down yeah. and, and backwards. <laughs> like, but it was also like my first crush was that woman and Christine. Oh, like, yeah. I clearly remember. That's so funny. Yeah. Being a kid and watching a movie like from a distance, like when you're not supposed to is yeah. such a real thing. Yeah. But Halloween's like, the one listening that yeah. Like Halloween was just like Michael Myers gave me nightmares, just like Cobra. Like when I slept, so my bedroom growing up had like, I didn't have any doors that closed. They all were fucked up old <laughs> doors, which is still an issue I have in my <laughs> current house. Uh, but so I'd have to look into my bathroom and every night I'd have to let my eyes adjust because I thought either Michael Myers was going to be there or the Night Slashers oh, from shit, Cobra from with Cobra. that fucking knife. And <laughs> the, those are two uh, of my favorite movies. So draw your <laughs> Freudian analysis of how I live my day to day. There is something to the fact that your favorite movies uh, the, as an adult are the movies that kept you up out mm -hmm. of fear at night. It's right. Like, part of you likes it. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like so many lists. I mean, also my therapist uh, of eight years who I don't have anymore, which really stresses me out because he's in New York. But uh, he would always talk about like, oh yeah, you love horror movies because your life was horrific and you want to escape. And then like, watching other people go through even worse. Yeah, like, it's, well, just, I guess it's, it's not easier that big to deal. It's a roller coaster. You right. can fucking control that. Like right. I couldn't control with whatever bullshit was happening in my house. <laughs> right. And then when I realized the world was just a garbage dump, <laughs> like at like ten. Uh, but yeah, like and but Michael was uh, Michael. I call him on a first name. That's fine. Hey, I I like that. I'm just I'm obsessed with it. Like I remember in college having first time like access to the internet nonstop. My freshman year, I was printing photos of Michael Myers <laughs> and just hanging them up next to like hardcore posters and like fucking metal posters. Uh, and I was in, in retrospect, I'm like, you know, I hated my freshman year roommate, but I think I was the issue. There. Right. Like, yes, he was a weird Christian born again guy. He was also in a frat and obsessed with Germany. But then <laughs> well, there was poor me. guy gets a metal head slash horror head. Yes. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm also going to be straight edge. So you're going to have no fun. Uh, 
but I was just like weirdly just printing up. Like I just found them cleaning up my mom's house. Like I was like, why did I have like Halloween four poster on a terrible like gif? Because you just see the picture and you're like, oh, I have I have the ability to get that off the screen and onto my wall. Uh, and now. just yeah. like, and I was like, well, I'll save the porn of the drive and yeah. I'll put this other porn on the wall. <laughs> uh, college college is a cool time for when you have like your toe into a t- world of taste where mm-hmm. you're like. Oh, I'm kind of into these comedy shows. And someone's like, oh, do you watch South Park? Oh, have you watched Aqua Teen Hunger for all of a sudden? Like you get inundated with like all this new shit or you're like, oh, I love Halloween. People are like, oh, have you ever seen Last House on the Left? You know, like you just run into another. It happened with hardcore. Yeah. Like where I was like, I was in the Connecticut hardcore scene. I was like, I kind of knew what I knew from Connecticut. And then all of a sudden you meet someone else from Jersey even and you're like oh here is a billion other bands that's going to change my entire like trajectory of life same with horror this guy yeah. down the, the hall that new horror and he had like Fangoria posters on his wall hell yeah and I was like okay like I guess we're going to talk <laughs> yeah, we have no uh, choice but to engage and then I was also in film school so I was like oh I'm going to analyze Halloween uh, now I can write a paper on it now I could dive uh, in yeah but that's is when I was like oh like all the ones like I had seen Big Trouble like I, I had seen They Live, but then all of a sudden I was like, oh, these are all John Carpenter. And now I'm starting to branch out and then do the like, oh, I've never seen it in the Mountains. I should watch this. Yeah. Like, oh, this one kind of sucks. Oh, this one's great. But I also think like out of all of them, like that guy has got the best like track record. Yes, like, he's got a high hit rate. Every single one is like, it's like Boogie Nights for Hort, where I'm just like, I could watch this anytime. Right, and it, right. And like Boogie Nights, just like you turn on any scene, I'm like, great, yeah, let's sit for two hours. Wow, uh, yeah, Boogie Nights is a good, I like using that as the titular example in a situation where any point in that movie, you're like, oh, this is a fun scene. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Goodfellas and, is sort of the same yeah, way, too. You put same. it on and you're like, oh, I like this part. Right. Oh, I like the next part. Oh, fuck, right. There's This movie's like <laughs> right. 95% right. killing. Yeah. No! <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and that's how it ended up being like, and then, uh, you know, as I, uh, as I kind of kept going down the rabbit hole, uh, it was that like, it's like Carpenter and then Dario Argento were like the ones I just kept going back to where yeah. I was like, oh, I love. And the thing with Carpenter is like, I love everything he does. I mean, that's the other part. He's like the full package. Right. Like, soundtracks. It, there's just no getting around. Like his scoring is fucking it's awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like yeah. him and Alan Howarth together is unbelievable. They're so and, good. And like, and like, you know, Halloween is a great soundtrack, but it's like kind of like, you know, the Eagles or something, where it's just, or like Billy Joel, where I'm just like, yeah, I know every song. I don't need to listen to it ever. <laughs> right, right, right. But then there's like Halloween 3, the greatest soundtrack ever. Like Ooh, Jerry really? the Pumpkins is like one of the best songs. Oh, I'll Same def- with Christine. Christine's soundtrack is kind of out there too. Moochie's Death is one of the best <laughs> songs Carpenter ever wrote. But that's it. Like that's he actually awesome. had riffs. I love the uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Assault on Precinct 13 is great. And that's why Donald Pleasance did Halloween. <laughs> it's because his daughter was like, oh, you should check it out. Actually, his music's really interesting. <laughs> Oh, and that, then he was like, all right, fine. Here's fine, my I'll career. be the only old person in the town and exactly. I'll have a gun. Uh, his character is insane in Halloween. It's like he shows up. He's comfortable just like walking into places, talking to people. And then at the end, he's got a gun. I'm like, oh, right. don't worry, I do have a permit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of. It's a weird piece of paper you pulled out of your ass. Uh, I mean, but that is also why, like when I started writing sketch at UCB, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, guess I'm writing Halloween sketches. Right. Like one of my favorite sketches. 
sketches I wrote was for Mike Still, and it was this. It was a Dr. Loomis sketch, <laughs> and it was just a sketch that was about Dr. Loomis when it's not Halloween. What does he do? And he's just a fucking annoying guy you temp with because he won't shut the fuck up about Michael Myers. He's a killing machine. And I basically just took the speech of like I met him eight years ago. There was nothing left. Just a blank, pale, expressionless eyes. The darkest eyes. The blackest eyes. I spent six years trying to reach him. Another seven trying to keep him locked up because I knew what was behind those eyes was purely evil. <laughs> terrible, terrible psychiatrist. Like, right, right. There is a great- I did my best to try to keep him locked up. I met this kid and I said, whoa, yeah. we got to keep this kid locked no up. No dice, kid. <laughs> They are the bane of every hero's existence. Hero's existence. The misunderstood masterminds, and more times than not, the most spellbinding characters in film and television. And now they're the subject of a Parcast Network's diabolically new weekly podcast, Villains. From pop culture psychopaths to real world criminals, Villains journeys deep into the complex origins, motives, and impacts of history's most dastardly bad guys. Uh, delve into the social influences that led to the creation of characters like Joker, Anton Chigurh, Norman Bates. Discover the inspiration behind classic foes Vader, Voldemort, and Zilla. Every Friday, you can unravel the psychological, political, and emotional factors that spawned both real and fictional villains. As seen on the silver screen, ripped from the headlines, and far too good at doing all kinds of bad. So do yourself a favor, fam. Follow the new series Villains free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, check out Villains. Or you can go to parcast.com slash villains to listen now. That's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com slash villains. That Amy Nicholson podcast she did about Halloween is so good because oh, I haven't heard it's, it, yeah. it's like they, at one point they talked to a a psychiatry teacher, a, a professor. And he basically was like, yeah, he didn't do anything. <laughs> like I would have done art therapy. I would have done that. He like lists off the things you, you could, could actually tried. do. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he tried nothing. And I'm like, yeah, he's bad. Um, uh, but uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Halloween is my go-to like for most people, but then Halloween three, which is like carpenter adjacent. Right. Also is just such a sweet spot for me. That's and season I'm, of the witch, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm that, one one's, of the, that one rules. I love it yeah. so much. That like, movie I, fucking rules. That's the one that I own all three of the masks. <laughs> um, I have a cheaper Michael Myers mask, but I also have the 2018 mask that I have displayed on a foam head <laughs> in my house. I always forget the Don Post skull mask glows in the dark. So again, when re when relatives stay over, sorry. If you're not staring at that, you're staring at my four flies on gray velvet poster, which my wife hates, and my rolling thunder poster, which she doesn't love that much either. Um, and you're surrounded by vinyl records. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, like Halloween 3 is like, I did a show at UCB with Frank Hale, like about called Defending Halloween 3 <laughs> that we did like a whole like lawyer diatribe, like of all the aspects of why it's great. It and fuck That movie is awesome. If and it wasn't Halloween adjacent, if it wasn't labeled Halloween, people would definitely say it's a classic. Right, right. Uh, but it's, and it's crazy. It's batshit logic. It's like an Italian horror film. It might right. as well be a Fulci or Argento film. Right, right. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but with Carpenter, again, like his music's amazing. He's got the best riffs. Like he actually writes riffs and as a metalhead, right. I love riffs. 
Like, even when they are similar, like Christine main theme, Prince of Darkness main theme, they're like one note off. <laughs> right. But like, I'm still, like, yeah, I see what you did there, man. Still enjoyable. Still loving it. <laughs> yeah. And then live, he was amazing. Yes. Live uh, is awesome to see an old man do it. And it's funny because we I saw him on Halloween two years in a row. Right. And both times he didn't close with Halloween. Crazy. Which moves. we thought was insane. But then we remember hearing that like, the songs that you have to try really hard at, he's got to do earlier or yeah. else he's gassed. He's a tired <laughs> man. He's an know? old dude. And he- Which is also what I appreciate about him, and I think you probably do too. He's weirdly, for being an auteur, he's also weirdly lazy. Yes. Like he talked, I remember him talking about the Halloween remake, which I hate. Like I could go off for too long about Rob Zombie's remake. Oh, Rob Zombie's, yeah. I hate it so much. Yeah. There's so many issues I have with it. No, the 2018 I love. I think it's a great movie. Oh, the um, I, have, I still haven't even seen the beautiful that one movie. Yet. Like oh, really cool. amazing stuff going on in that movie. Oh, cool. Um, even little things where I'm like, yeah, get a good mask. Like everyone gets a shit mask. <laughs> Four or five, they look terrible. <laughs> this one's great. But I remember him saying about the Rob Zombie, they're like, do you care about the remake? And he's like, nah. I don't know. I get sit back and play video games and get a check. And I'm like, yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> well, that's that was what I thought was really cool is that when he announced like when he when Lost Themes came out mm-hmm. and he was his album was dropping, it's like I heard read an interview with him where it's like, oh, how'd you go? He's like, well, me and my son Cody play video games together all the time, and then sometimes we go noodle around on the synth, and I'm We've like, got logic set up, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, that's I bet your sister awesome. gets stoned. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I'm like, you and your son play video games, then decide to riff synth right. music and record it, <laughs> and it's great, and like, it's that's very the crazy enjoyable. Part. Yes, uh, but and yeah, and he's just like, and he's also done other video game stuff. Like he, I just today for the first time found some soundtrack to a PS2 game that he had done the sequel and it was pretty good. Oh, (laughs) of course. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then like he does those random ones. Like, so like, but it, but the fact that he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to take 10 years off. Yeah. Play video games. He almost did the Sonic the Hedgehog movie (laughs) because he's got a big boner for Sonic for some reason. Bullet dodged Carpenter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although maybe it wouldn't be a bullet if it was John Carpenter. I think it might have been a dream. I would have been there opening day. Uh, uh, There's something about him, too, where he's like sort of openly pissed that he didn't make a bunch of money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which I kind of appreciate in his reality of just like. You know, like, oh, I'm glad everyone likes the thing now. You know? know. Well, that's the other part why I like him. He's so pissy. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there is a bit where it's just like, do you really like any of your movies? Because there's always a complaint he's got. And I'm like, I get it. I relate to you, man. Like, I'm not happy with shit either. Right, right. But there is, like, in he'll self-sabotage, which I love that shit, too. Of course. Like, Halloween 4, he was gonna direct it, but he's like, I want $10 million. (laughs) Which is not even close to even what it made, I think. And he's like, no, Mustafa Khan fucked me over. I want what I got coming to me. Right, yeah, and and he holds these grudges from, like, how he didn't didn't pop Pop off like he should. Grudges are great, but and he's the one who earns them. Like he's the one who earns having that grudge. Right. He doesn't have the money for how much his fingerprint is in modern. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And like not only and it's like Scorsese, like, like we see Scorsese and, and Quentin Tarantino ripoffs. Yes. Like blatantly. Yes. I mean, and not even ripoffs. I mean, inspired by movies and 
uh, content that I enjoy. Right. But then like you see a lot of Carpenter echoes and yeah. he just, do- he ne- he permeated culture, but like he didn't get the fucking yeah. financial success Which he is deserves. Cra- I mean, but. He's a touring musician I now. know. If you had to choose a job to make less money than being a film director. As a former touring <laughs> musician, it sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, did, when you saw him, did he have the script out for like his, he had like, when I saw him, he had like a script to go along with what he was going to say in between songs. Oh, that's amazing. I believe and that. And again, with his laziness, like, because like the video was great because it's like the best of whatever yeah, it's is a, matching up. It's like a three minute trailer. Yeah, and you're of- like, right, that scene. Oh, that scene. <laughs> right. But like, I remember he had a script like in a binder and like he like one of the sentences was split by a page. So he's like, anyone ever had a car that they <laughs> yeah. like and i'm like a christine you're gonna do christine yeah you I, couldn't remember what we're doing here his, ban- his banter was pretty uh the one the one i remember from the show was like a lot of people say this is my one romantic um comedy or my one romance movie Starman, <laughs> just like the way he said, I'm like, what? Who cares? So weird. Yeah. Um, that helped jumping off the people inspired by him. That sort of codified for me how much I liked. Uh, like once I saw uh, your next and mm-hmm. um, the guest. Oh, the guest is great. Nicholas Wending Reffin, yep. whatever his that dude's name yep. is. His movies. Yeah. And um, like Drive. Mm-hmm. You see those movies and you're like. Man, I really like these movies. I love the fucking blue lighting. I love the lighting. I love the synthy stuff. I'm like, where do I know this from? Yeah. And then I like look back and like my favorite, uh, my other favorite directors uh, earlier, unbeknownst to me, it wasn't when I wasn't a director head. We we're like Michael Mann and yep. John Carpenter. And 100%. It's like all the people doing exactly that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I that I mean that is the same thing. Like Michael Mann has so much of it. Like constantly, I'm just like, yeah, L.A. movie baby. Yeah. Even Cobra. I was just watching Cobra, and I was like, this is like a Michael Mann beginning. It's like Tony <laughs> Scott meets Michael Mann. Right. Like everything's in fucking like uh, shades. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Everything so- is just like stoic men doing whatever it takes right. to get whatever it, it needs to be done. And it's just like I want to watch mm-hmm. Comfort movies nonstop. I also want to watch fucking Crockett drive around to Crockett's theme. Yes. In the first episode over and over. I could just so watch cool. a fucking Michael Mann movie that's like, just put Colin Farrell in a speedboat with a synth yeah. track playing. I'll watch it for 40 minutes. And he's, you know, he's he, he tapped into Tangerine Dream too because he knows the score. Michael right. Mann knew the score. <laughs> yeah. But that is it. Like, I mean, I am also, I can be like, one for genre film, it's always different to me than watching like a quote unquote real film. Like just because like I can horror films, genre films, exploitation films, I can have more of a like uh, benefit of the doubt to them. Right. I'm just right. like, all right, this scene's whatever. Like, well, yeah. you'd be like, you'd be like, well, of course, this is uh, a sci-fi, it's so this how doesn't it works. matter. As like, much, I'm not yeah. worried that the logic got gunky in fucking yeah, Halloween right, Three. Right, I'm right. not worried that like, yeah, it's weird that Michael looks at his hand as he's stabbing his <laughs> his sister. Yeah. But I know it's because they need to throw blood on her. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's cheap shoe. Uh, but music also will make me like a movie more than I. I mean, I've watched. So many movies because of Tangerine Dream. Oh, same that here. That I do not 
care about the movie. Oh, 100 uh, percent. I'm with you. And Carpenter, like I, I've like there are definitely scenes where I'm just like, this scene's fine, but with this music, baby. Right, right. Yeah. Can't get enough of it. And that what happens with drive like parts of drive, I'm just like, ugh, it's a little eye rolly. But eh, Cliff Martinez did a good job. Yeah, yeah, that's that's and that's so funny because it took me seeing it in new movies to be like, right. oh, I love this stuff. Oh, I love Tangerine Dream. Oh, Tangerine Dream also did this movie. Oh, wait, wait, I like it. And like, you start realizing you're like, holy shit, this is like, I've been preparing. And then now you're like, cause, cause Carpenter gets a little bit uh, hit with the, and Michael Mann gets hit with it too. A little bit of the style over substance. Sure. And fuck it. I love style over substance, especially when it comes to genre and exploitation. Yes. And that's what I was using. I was yeah. going to use it for is like, you're talking about a sci-fi movie that's just moody or stylized will be miles more than like, a, a war drama that's 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it has extra substance to it, then great. Right. On right. top of it, then that's the ultimate winners. Uh, right. But, well, that's right. Yeah. The, the argument is like, oh, it's style over substance. But what if you fucking love the person's style? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's it. Like, like Carpenter is like, it's another part that I also love of him. Is he like, he's loyal in a weird way. Like yeah. he uses so many of the same people right. where it's like Dean Kundi is an amazing cinematographer and he does all of his stuff, like all of the, the main ones. And then like Tommy Lee Wallace was like the art director on one. And then is the director of three that he produced. And then like, even like the names were constantly it's just like, Oh, Loomis is named after Nancy Loomis <laughs> right. who plays Annie. Like, it's just like, he just, oh, shit, he's I like, never put- <laughs> yeah, he's just nonstop taking everyone's name. The Wallace house is because of Tommy Lee Wallace. He is the same actor. So he's like Cronenberg. So right, there's like right. that dude that's in the thing is also in they live. Right. Right. Uh, uh, and it's always exciting for me, but also like, that's like the- one. Ah! no idea what that guy's literally on action boys we were like we just did they live and we were like yeah it's the dude from the thing which guy this guy exactly (laughs) i mean they all should have been in deadwood like they're all the best character actors yes yes deadwood is perfect for these that's why i love deadwood like it's everyone you wanted to see you're just like powers booth you're the best (laughs) i love southern comfort what a great movie (laughs) it Uh, was aw yeah powers booth is in fucking brad doris i I just rewatched all of deadwood the they fucking stock that every episode you're like he's there they're (laughs) there the guest stars are people like and that's the best that low-key one of the best things about watching a 20 year old show or a 15 year old show mm-hmm. that's known for its actors yeah. that you haven't watched yet. And then you watch and you're like, like I, I never really watched six feet under, but like two years ago, my wife and I went through all of it. Right. Soul crushing in the yep. best way possible. Yep. But also you're like, well, uh, that's why he's Dexter. That's <laughs> yeah. why this guy's Peter Krause is in everything. Exactly. Like you watch that one series, you're like, well, it makes sense why any, even the guest stars come through. You're like, well, this guy had a huge career. Of course mm-hmm. he was on this show. Exactly. At some point. Yeah. The wire did that too. I happen to watch the wire a little more contemporary times, sure. but like if you go back and watch the wire now, you'll, you'll just see like the beginning of like 40 different guys I or know. gals cre- uh, careers. It's a, I mean, and that's, a, yeah, I just like that car. I like that. He's loyal. I like that. He uses the same people. I like that. Uh, it, it's, it's like, uh, when I was young and finding out bands were friends, right? Like, and I'm just like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. Like Dean Kundi did this and then he let him do that. And then they worked together on this. And I like that. It's like an all in one unit sort of thing. Well, there's an element for me when it comes to like filmmaking with the way you're discussing, like that reminds me of like, 
uh, comic books, which mm-hmm. was like my thing as a child, where it's like, oh yeah, well Storm is in the X Men, but she actually has also teamed up with so and so, you know, and it's like Carpenter's the king of crossover. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> but it's also like I think that's the crazy part too is like Carpenter has Carpenter is a lot of style over substance sometimes, but also his style is so clean and not overwhelming to me sometimes like in a partly because he's always going for a Western. Yeah. He wants it to look like a Howard Hawks film. Right. He uses those big anamorphic lenses. So everything has a surprising scope, even though there's driving around (laughs) Pasadena. Yeah. Even like, and like the riffs are like, you can argue that they're like uh, spaghetti Western. hundred percent. Like they're just digital spaghetti Western. He's tapping into all the shit that I love anyways. Like I'm obsessed (laughs) with Italian cinema, (laughs) but not good Italian cinema. Like I only want, want to watch exploitation <laughs> films and like Polizio Tesci films uh, in every giallo that's ever existed. Uh, and Argento is my favorite and I love Goblin so much. And that's, and also I'm like, yeah, of course you listen to Goblin and you then wrote this thing. But he's also, again, such a kind of dick about it where he's like, I don't know. I just shit out that Halloween theme. Right. Yeah. I know it's in five, four time, whatever. My dad's a jazz musician. He's just so lackadaisical, but he's not like, I know he's just like insecure like I am. Yeah, he's, yeah. It. He's, he's just an in, insecure, sort of like pissed that he didn't pop as uh-huh. much as he should have. Because he should have. I mean, yeah. Big he, Trouble in Little China, unbelievable. Let's, yeah, let's talk about uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Because I, I think Big Trouble in Little China is like the least of like, because it just doesn't seem as moody as other right. John Carpenter movies. He apparently just, didn't do The Golden Child. <laughs> because he was like, nah, I got this script. They're basically the same. You just have Eddie Murphy. Good luck to you. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, kind of not good luck, but good luck to them. I've, did I've rewatched both of them in the last year. And it's funny. The Golden Child is, uh, is Eddie Murphy comes out looking good in that despite the movie around yes. him. Yes. And it's like, the power of Eddie Murphy in that movie <laughs> right. is just overcomes the entire movie. We're like, Oh, thank God. If that was not Eddie. Mur- I mean, even if it was Kurt Russell in that mm-hmm. in, in golden child, I think that would have been a bad movie. Yeah. Would have been pushing it, but big trouble in China just hits, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a John Carpenter movie. Cause it's bright. Yeah. Like that's like the main thing. Cause right. like you can see everything and yeah. it's not moody. It's not that blue light. Right. It's more in his like red and orange yep. hue world. And just the idea of that movie just hits me so hard that it's like, it's fantastical. It ends up being sort of like a, a video game D and D quest at the end 100%. where it's like, let's get five people, all different weapons, all yeah. different skill sets to go fight. And now we're like going down and ask, like it ends up take being, a weird like, potion yeah. that is unclear what it actually does. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts. Of it's just like, ayahuasca. Feel, yeah. Right? yeah Cause they, they're just doing ayahuasca. They're like looking at each other yeah. in the elevator. He's like, I'm feeling good, man. Yeah. The yeah. One guy, there's the one guy who keeps doing the hand thing yeah. over and the over. Salute. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're my bro, bro. <laughs> I love uh, uh, my favorite part of Big Drum of China is right in that sequence. So I'm just going to talk about it mm-hmm. now when that big fish beast comes out yep. and uh, egg throws the fucking bombs <laughs> at it and it goes away. And he's like, he's gone. And Kurt Russell's like, to where? Like, he's just like, <laughs> the idea that egg is like, it's okay now. And it's like, right. wait a minute. Right. What an idea for a movie where the protagonist 
it's from the sidekick's point of view, more right. or less. Like, which is crazy. Wang is the hero. Where, yeah, like, which like, also weirdly is the golden. Like, I guess, like, I never completely like. He always has to be saved by the woman and the oh, little right. kid. Yeah, like he's kind of the hero, but like just because he can put his hand into the fire at right, one point, right. and that's like. Jack Jack Burton shoots himself unconscious at the beginning of combat. Like he's he's kidnapped immediately. He's got lipstick on for the third act. Like yep. he's got like he we talk about this I talk about this a lot on all different podcasts, so forgive me if this overlaps, but like modern action heroes are so Stallone and Schwarzenegger were they had the bad habits that these modern uh heroes have of like yes. too big of ego, can't afford to like lose or look bad in a movie so, but Stallone and Schwarzenegger were actually that big of like yeah. I don't think The Rock, Vin Diesel and Statham are that level to the point where and then you see something like Big Trouble in China where Kurt Russell is like I'll be the idiot, the buffoon. I'll hit on the girl. I might not. It, it might not work out for me. Yeah. It doesn't in the I end. Like, and it's like and it's like the idea that n- None of our heroes would like none of these action movie stars, these big, uh, big leads now would never do a movie. Oh, like, God, no. When it was like The Rock is going to reboot Big Tr- And I was like, he better not be the Kurt Russell part. Right. It better be like Wang. Right. Eh? Like he's like some sort of. That's the other. I mean, yeah, like remake. Sometimes remaking like a carpenter is like remaking an Argento film where like I did end up liking the Suspiria remake for what it was. But right. I was just like, I'm not watching Suspiria for the plot. I'm watching it specifically for what this crazy maniac of a director did. Well, that's the problem when you talk style over and substance. I don't want Tom York over Goblin. That's right, just right. like, fuck <laughs> that shit. <laughs> I did like the new Suspiria, but as just a moody, beautiful that's its movie. That's thing. Yeah, if yeah. it wasn't Suspiria, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is better than I thought it was going right, to be. Right, right. But like the style over substance people who were even saying that this it's okay is like, those are the people that it's the worst to reboot. It's like- the reason ha- Halloween is good is is because of John Carpenter, not necessarily because the idea of Michael Myers is just so powerful. No, yeah. it's, like a, it's, a, it's a, you know. It's uh, like, oh, we got to redo the thing. And it's right. like, no, Why? we don't. Yeah. Why do that? So, and, it, and it's hard. And I know crazily we're saying that when the thing is just a remake of the thing. <laughs> right, right. But because Carpenter made it his own thing, he made his own thing. Once yeah. you see the thing, you're just like, well, that's the greatest movie ever. Like, Dude. What an insane movie. And also, again, the bitterness of Carpenter that he's like, it didn't do well because E.T. came out. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not, not a bad, not a bad life story to be like. I I lost a fortune to E. T. <laughs> right. Yeah, at least that at least that movie stuck around. Right. Uh, the the thing is awesome for a lot of reasons, but one of the things I like most about that movie is that it's one of those haunted, moody, like oh, who's the bad guy? Mm-hmm. But then it instantly becomes like huge, crazy creatures as yes. well, and it's like. Agatha Christie bottle episode like is the greatest thing ever. I mean, right. it's the why out of all the problematic parts of Hateful Eight, I still liked basically the Hateful Eight. Right, I was like, oh, this is an Agatha Christie. Yeah. This is a ten little it's like Agatha Christie. It's like three and a half hours in yeah, one cabin, exactly. and they say the N word a thousand times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Classic and then Agatha they Christie. solve racism by murdering a woman. Good <laughs> yeah. uh, going, Tarantino. <laughs> solve that problem. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like the thing is, like uh, it. It just does the thing where, like, saying the thing about it's but, you know, <laughs> really complicated. <laughs> it does it well in that you're like a psychological thriller of like, who's the bad guy is its own kind of genre. Mm-hmm. And then like crazy, uh, um, 
you know, monster special effects. Maybe the, the best special effects. I mean, like, it's insane the variations that they did. It's insane the variations they did. They all stand alone as completely different, but you can also understand that they come from the same yeah. organism in and a weird as, way. Like, I wanted to be a special effects artist as a child <laughs> until I realized I have no artistic leanings um, and can't draw, sculpt, do anything. Uh, but yeah, like, there's like a thematic. There's a thematic, there's a theme that goes through them all that also allows them to be their own individual so thing. So, yeah, like the dog, it's all wild. Sometimes it's like the rib cage opens mm-hmm. and bites your hand. Sometimes it's like tentacles come out. Sometimes you're sort of a melted pile of, but like right. they're all like, ref- you can understand they're under the same umbrella, but they're also different enough that it's not just like, oh, now he's got blood coming out of his mouth. He's a zombie, right. or whatever. Yeah. It just does something else. And then, I always find that he does such a good job of, I mean, I, we know there's tons of people working behind the scenes on a movie. So mm-hmm. when I say John Carpenter does a great job casting, I just mean his films are cat. Like yeah. the cast of the thing is just like. So good. It's so like the, the mix of dudes is just so perfect. Yeah. It's like so. Stoney fun. McBoney, <laughs> fucking uh, the guy that Sam Malone is angry at uh, upstairs. Who's like the nerdy guy. <laughs> Wilford Brimley freaking out halfway through. It's amazing. Like Wilf- it just keeps going. Every guy you're like, you're great. You're great yeah. at what you did. The guy from L.A. Law like, right. with a nose ring. Uh, um, our dude uh, from They Live, uh, uh, Keith David. Yeah. yeah Keith- I mean, speaking of They Live, what a crazy casting of Rowdy. He's, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I just, we just did this movie last month for Action Boys, so it's fresh in my mind. It's so good. It's so weird to cast Roddy Piper yeah. in that movie. There's not much of a logic. When you like do that research and you're like, he kind of just met him at a WWF <laughs> event. Right. But that's, I, like, I feel how like, did you do the jump to be like, he should definitely be the leading man in this crazy anti-capitalism screed. Right. And it, it was, it's weird because like, it's never referenced that like the part, a plot of it is that the, I guess he doesn't even have a name in the movie, right? No. It's like no name. He's basically a man with no name. Yeah, yeah it goes as no name. Uh, and like, like, there's no reference to like, wow, he's big and strong. Like any reference that it had to be a wrestler, right. that would be the character. Like, right. it's not one thing where it's like he's surprisingly strong in a scene, or like, <laughs> right. wow, you're. But like, it, it, he doesn't have any charisma. No, no. But there's something he's about up there him. with Chuck Norris of so no charisma. Yeah, but, yeah. But there is something. But about like him. Chuck Norris, there's a way he walks, his way he carries himself, and then I mean you see the fight and then you're like, Oh, well that's yeah. going to look better with Roddy than most actors. He's actually pretty. I think he's pretty good when he's is the not speaking sections. Yes. Like he's actually, his face is like pretty emphatic. Like, right. And like, he's like keeping an eye, like kind of being wary. Like when he actually has to kind of speak, you're like, all oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. You I are, get it. Yeah. Uh, you are a drug addled <laughs> CTE, uh, destroyed fucking wrestler at this point. Yeah. But I mean, that's the other part too of Carpenter is that he does have like most of those great seventies directors, like he's anti shit. Like, I mean, it's confusing what his politics are. Like he probably is more libertarian than I would like if we actually talked. Oh yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing that's come to my attention after years of being like a huge action movie fan is that like you watch these action movies and they're like, this is what caused the conservative party to be like Trump's favorite movie is blood sport. And (laughs) that's like, so like you watch these movies and it's always like, 
Well, you know he what? He's that oh. African fighting, and he's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> a, white, a white guy with a gun can fix this ghetto. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you're like, a lot of people just believe that. That like, No, you're right. The cops <laughs> should have inalienable rights. Let them just do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, it is. I mean, uh, I've had that discussion with a bunch of my friends, especially like my one friend, Berdan, about being a big fan of this kind of stuff and being a big fan of horn exploitation, how do you resolve that in Trump America? Because <laughs> right. it is like, especially 70s Italian film, like I can't stand behind most of it. Like, and, right, right. And, and it's hard to be like, you well, mean like content wise, like, right. Yeah. Like, and, and the ideas behind and like, and it's at one point I could be like, well, it's transgressive. It's right. the art of transgressive cinema. And it's like <laughs> taking society. And like, at a certain point you're like, I'm just watching some fucked up <laughs> yeah, shit. This is exploiting specifically the actors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it's so hard, but like, I don't know, in some ways I'm like, oh, that's the other plus with Carpenter is he's got some of the least of that. Like, right, right. We're like in all that, like, I'm just like, but, and again, his track record is so, I, I just end up like, you know, they live, Big Trouble in Little China, The Fog I appreciate. Escape uh, from New York. Escape rules. from New York is, that when that was a later day one for me. That was definitely one I didn't see in high school somehow. Yeah, no, that's one of the ones I caught on TNT, yeah. I think like later on in high school, but not like, I. it wasn't part of my, like, Big Trouble in China was really the germination yes. of it all. But then you see Escape from New York, you're like, fuck, yep. this movie rules. Christine, <laughs> Assault on Precinct 13, all the Halloween-related films, like when he's in on board. Uh, uh, and then also, like, even, like, when they did those Masters of Horror, like, his two shorts are great. Oh, I never watched those. There were, watch Cigarette <laughs> Burns is worth watching. Like, Cody Carpenter does the theme song. It's a really good theme song. Uh, it's, like, about, it's, like, a theme that I love. It's, like, about this, like, film hunter who like hunts down like rare prints. Yeah. yeah. And it's oh, like, okay. and it's like the ninth gate, which I love that movie. Like oh, weirdly cool. like that, like Johnny Depp is a book finder <laughs> yeah. uh, in the underground world. of. Yeah. Book. You're a huge Johnny Depp fan. You keep I can't get enough of them. You know, I, ever <laughs> since reason- I moved to LA, I go to the Viper room as much as I can. And I've been wearing a lot more scarves um, and a lot of shitty tattoos <laughs> and a I lot of I problematic was- <laughs> views on women. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just chasing Depp's life. Bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Uh, uh, R.I.P. River. Um, have you ever seen, this just reminded me of River Phoenix because I said the Viper Room. Did you ever watch Ghost Adventures? No. There's a Ghost Adventures is like these three bros, like Vegas bros who hunt down ghosts. I did on Craig Rowan's old podcast, that TV one he did. Uh, there's many crazy episodes, but there's one where they go to the Viper Room and they get River Phoenix's ghost on tape. Oh, yes. I gotta watch. Uh, and the waitress who has been at the Viper Room for 30 years is like, that's definitely River. That's him. And I'm like, oh, everything is getting rough here. Um but, uh, uh, yeah, like, I, I think, like, it's just, uh, Carpenter has just been, like, when I didn't know about, quote, unquote, film, I loved him. Right, same. When I was just a kid. And then as I got older and then I was like, oh, I'm watching all the good films in film school, I still kind of just cared about Carpenter. Right. And then, again, as you get older and you're like, yeah, I'm watching the main horror films all over again. I still like all the Fridays movies, but, again, they're a nostalgia watch. Freddy, I can't hang with at all. And then Michael is just like, like Michael Myers is just like, and, and our good friend, John Murray uh, from back in the day. (laughs) I remember him once talking about like, you know, like we were like trying to decide like why we liked, cause he loves Jason Voorhees so much. 
Uh, and he's like, well, I mean, I guess I've got a lot of mommy issues. And, and I was like, yeah, and I, uh, have an evil in me that wants to murder my family. Uh, I guess you gravitate towards what you want. Uh, but you know, I do think it like spoke to the weird inclinations of whatever I was dealing with growing yeah, up of course. in the grossest way. Yeah. Welcome to my therapy bills. But, uh, but again, because it's just so fucking watchable. And then when I'm not watching him, I can listen to his soundtracks. And they're so... Car- Carpenter, like it's funny you you just mentioned. That I didn't even know I liked Carpenter movies or Scorsese movies. I thought I liked Kurt Russell movies and Robert De Niro right. movies. Right. And then I sort of because of both uh, Kurt Russell made me really like John Carpenter, and then John right. Carpenter made me really like Kurt Russell. Right. So then I watched every Kurt Russell, like anything yeah. Kurt Russell did was. Uh, so I'm like, I guess I'll watch Dark Blue. Yeah. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's I just watch that. Yeah, exactly. it's very bad. That's the problem. I have the DVD that I stole from a video store. Uh, I just watched Dark Blue oh, not too boy. long ago. That's but that's the hard part. Like that's I was the same where I was like, oh, Kurt Russell is just infinitely charming. But yeah. like even Tango and Cash, like I don't hang with as much as. I like well, because Tango like, Cash is in my wheelhouse because it's Kurt and Sly. That's the thing. Like I love both of and those Jack men. Together. I Tango, know. Cash, Tango, <laughs> and Cash. I think that's why it bums me out because it doesn't live up to. It is boring around it. Like, they go the, to prison so quick. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, let them be Tango and Cash in the street. It feels like Hobbs. And and does he sh- say Rambo is a fag? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> cool, feel like good. he might. Yeah, <laughs> good to know. Stallone. Yeah. Oh, the hardest part of watching 80s and 90s movies is the prevalence of the F word. Oh, but like we I just watched. You Mo- might have watched Monster Squad. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Monster Squad specifically has some of the most like homophobic. They like accused that the teacher was like fagging out on me. Right. right? Oh, the teacher's homoing out on me, and it's like accused the teacher of molesting him. The brother from the Wonder Years is the bully who <laughs> right. like calls fat kid the worst <laughs> shit. Right. They're taking photos of a high school girl who's like uh, getting undressed in front of the window. They're all want to see the photos, including Frankenstein, right. played by Tom Noonan, <laughs> right. the tooth fairy. And himself. that a complicated <laughs> Holocaust theme you yes, want to show that, <laughs> Yeah, a reveal that uh, maybe I do know monsters. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing is like, at least like Carpenter too. like as I get older, I'm like, no, I can hang more with it. Versus like Monster Squad was one of my favorite movies. I was like, yeah, Stephen King rules. Get me that shirt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because that was also with that also helped with John Carpenter just reminded me of is like I was Stephen King. Yeah. was so huge for me. Like I was reading Stephen King like third to fifth grade. Same. And so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a movie of Christine. <laughs> like this is amazing. Like, and I haven't, like seen, I haven't seen Christine in a long time. You should rewatch. I could go for a I think it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, really heartfelt. I actually get a little teared up at certain <laughs> yeah, times. That, that surprises um, me less. And less. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I, I have issues. We'll say it again. But Christine and the fog are the two that I haven't seen in a long time and then I have not seen um, In the Mouths of Madness at all. Although I feel like Sutter Kane. You should watch In the Mouths of Madness. I feel you like- will end up just walking around just going Sutter Kane <laughs> who is essentially Stephen King. <laughs> These movies though like in, like in the Mouths of Madness I'd be like I can't believe I've never seen that movie. I, I love John Carpenter. I'll right. sit down I'll put it on and I'll be 10 minutes in and go oh I've seen this movie. Yeah, I exactly. just never knew. Uh, all these images start coming back to me. Right. Like uh, for Action Boys recently, we did The Howling, and I was like, I've never seen The Howling. I can't wait to re- uh, watch it. I'm watching it. I'm like, it feels familiar, but I guess I never saw it. And then the sex scene happens. I'm like, oh, I've seen this movie. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I watched this when I was 12. This is burned in my head forever. <laughs> I do sometimes think a lot of my movie watching is to 
realize what were the scenes that got stuck in my brain and ruined me. Right. Like, I always thought it was the howling, but I don't think it's the howling that there was some scene in my brain of a woman newscaster who turns into a wolf on air. That's the howling. That's it the, is the that's howling. That's the third okay. act of the howling. That's the okay. final shot. I've yeah. never really watched because it freaked me out so much as a kid. It's fucked up. It's, it's spooky. Like that they scene shoot her. The, His fr- her friend shoots her with a rifle crazy. on camera. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Pretty good idea, though. Yeah, with uh, silver bullets. Fires a silver <laughs> That's the thing. Like, and I just haven't rewatched because I was like, oh, it kind of sticks with me. And yeah. Like, and there's some movie that like I remember, again, a poor woman, always a woman, like yeah. ended up in some house that had all these dolls and it might have been the movie dolls and they all like metal jaws and they're like eating her flesh off and i'm like i saw that when i was like eight Uh, like again let me not watch every movie on hbo dad and mom like (laughs) oh but that rolling stones de-scrambler did you have one in your house we had an illegal illegal scrambler yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah for people don't know that's how you got illegal cable you bought it for the back of rolling stone (laughs) right so So you get the spice channel and be like are they ever gonna show a penis going to a vagina (laughs) no it's just a lot of like long distance boob bouncing okay (laughs) i can get behind this a lot of poles in the way like (laughs) the old ucb theater what's going on here um, you saying something you watched too young plus Stephen King. I just always take this opportunity. The shit that burned my head and still, I'm still scared of mm-hmm. is cat's eye. The troll that holds Drew Barrymore's Oof. nose closed while she's yeah. asleep. I, I think that image gave me claustrophobia. Uh-huh. Like when I start to feel like, especially if I'm, if I'm sleeping and like the pillow is like sort of closing yeah. my nose, I start like fucking panic anxiety and shit. I'm not going to lie to you, Gabrus. On the drive over here, my nose is getting clogged. And I was like, oh, are allergies kicking in? Fucking LA allergies? And I thought of cats. <laughs> like, it's I a- was just like, that fucking troll's murdering me. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it allergies? It's like, the LA allergies will get you as you go to sleep. <laughs> There's a little troll watching. Take all the claritin you want, Garlock. <laughs> but that's the shit. I mean, that shit, like, I mean, that's also where I'm a crazy person as a like, especially when I taught sketch, I used to, like, I would use, like, Carpenter movies and all that shit as reference points somehow for comedy. <laughs> right. Like, I would always reference, I don't even know how I did it to get to a note on game, uh, <laughs> talking about the cigarette section in Cat's Eye, where the guy, where it's like, is it James Woods? Yeah, it's James trying Woods. Trying to not smoke cigarettes, so they fucking, like, have his wife. Yeah, they, like, kidnap, they, like, box. it's like an ARG. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And it, But it is, it's, that's, if that's true, then what else is true? Exactly. It's, like, into a, it's a nice, I use that in Cobra, nonstop. So, I don't know how I'm teaching sketch, but I did it. Godspeed to every Well, to be fair, person. you're not teaching that much anymore. No, no, I'm not. And everyone I taught has jobs, Marion, so it all worked out. Marion Cabretti shut you down. Yeah. Hey, the zombie right. squad Fucking zombie squad. That's the bottom line for you, man. That'll do it to you. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I think. But it, as time has gone on, it, it's it's just like it's just been apparent to me that it's like, oh, Carpenter is just always going to be the presence in my life. I yeah. just and, and my wife has to deal with that presence. Yeah, like, t- my wife's come around to like she's been to see him live twice. She yeah. likes the movies. Well, she she of course liked all the movies growing up. Just didn't know yeah. like like uh, anyone. Uh, but like she never planned on seeing Halloween three like thirty times. <laughs> no like one has. as we watched it last night, <laughs> and she read a book. She like looked up and goes, "Huh, that opening font is really shitty looking." I was just like, "Hey, like, hey relax. I yeah. actually enjoy <laughs> the charm. <laughs> Let's just chill out here. I find it charming at this yes. level. Yeah. I think it's one of the best opening sequences in a film. But yeah, Carpenter is getting like he's getting a little." fandom now though like yeah. he's he's having a resurgence and i'm hoping that carpenter 
ideology and carpenter uh, themes and motifs and visual styles don't go full Marvel Disney movie. Like I, it where just ruins everything me. I love. <laughs> like, I think about it too much because like. If I'm going like one, it helps music wise because like he was on Sacred Bones, right? Which is a pretty like respected label. Like a bunch of my friends on there, and I was like, "Oh, you're on a cool label. That's interesting." <laughs> uh, but then like there's so much music. Like at a certain point, it would be just like with Goblin, where I was like, "Oh, there's only so much John Carpenter music. This bums me out." Right, right. It's, and it's, now it's, there's so many like clones of it that I'm like, I have to like weed through. Where I'm like, "Well, I like Perturbator, but I don't love Carpenter Brew as much." Yeah. But I like this, but I don't like this. I and, like the Midnight. How do I feel about Gunship? You know, right. you're like and going just, through. And the, yeah, and like I have to say, I'm like, "Oh, this one's." too dancey oh this one's got too much edm uh, but then there is with movies too because i'm a fucking snob about shit i shouldn't be a snob about like i'll watch every movie when they're like influenced by carpenter and then be like it's not yeah it, like, like it follows you're like yeah. oh yeah this was cool this but wasn't not a carpenter, carpenter. Movie. yeah and even the void was the big one i was like it's kind of it's like half but which not one's the void I think it was kind of a Cthulhu-y, like, old... I don't even oh. remember it, because it was, like, just whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of Touching the Void, which is the DMT yes, not, movie. I mean, that's... <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Gaspar Noe totally ripped off Carpenter. Um, when he had this scene where you're inside the vagina as the dick comes. Dude, seen it, been there. Watch Christine again. Um, no, but there's, like... I mean, but then there are ones, like, The Guest, where I was just like, this is just a great fucking movie. This is yeah. Carpenter meets Terminator and they're not wrong on that. Right, right. It's and, and that's the other part too where again I get snobby where I'm like but there are dude like I, we used to tour with this band Zombie and my boy Steve Moore uh, who also used to weirdly back in the day do shit for my comedy shit at UCB <laughs> um, and they were like a goblin carpenter band and he did the soundtrack to the guests. And Which it's like is one a great of my soundtrack. favorite yeah. soundtracks. It's and so And those good. guys who did You're Next and The Guest like those are two fun movies yeah. that, that had the attitude of like um, the attitude of a Carpenter movie where it's like, you recognize this as a genre right. film, but there's some a, one more layer of something right. interesting. Like, you're, you're next. I forget. I just saw someone label it as like a like uh, a torture horror movie that never goes the way the torturers <laughs> wanted <right>. to. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, I'll also take more Steve Moore. Like, I'll take more zombie. Like, that, right. it's the yeah. hard part. Like, Steve, who also did one of my early, another early sketch was... Gambling as a dude on the subway who was annoyed because Eugene Cordero was playing the Terminator theme song on saxophone <laughs> and no one recognized it. And he's freaking out at that, which is essentially me yelling on this entire podcast. And I had my buddy Steve. I was like, can you just do some like Sanborn style fucking saxophone? It's good to have those reference points like for someone that just be like. I like did Lethal Weapon sax, which was like another sketch where it was just a recut of Lethal Weapon with more saxophone. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. I was like, can you just go off like Sanborn? And I got like five minutes of just like, <laughs> like this is a dream. I saw uh, the aforementioned uh, synth band, The Midnight. I right. saw them when they came to LA at the Novo and they have like a singer, like a, a a saxophonist who's up, a saxist who's up there and it really live sax on top of synth music is yeah, fucking man. it's a good time dude I, my one of my 
out of all of the regrets I have of being on a musical band, uh, <laughs> being a band, uh, Steve from Zombie guested on a bunch of our records, but we never had him do a sax solo. Oh, and sa- he went to college for fucking sax. Sa- uh, dude, you could have been like the fucking Lost Boys, dude. And uh, it would have been <laughs> a muscle tri- head, like, shirtless, ponytail, killing it on the sax. It would be such a dream. Like some fucking, yeah, like uh, missed opportunities. Yeah. That's just life, isn't it? This is just random, but former guest of the podcast, comedian Dan St. Germain, had (laughs) that fucking video. Had the Lost Boys guy fucking play at his wedding. Never. In a sleeve, and he showed up in a sleeveless shirt. Me and my wife got married at the Justice of Peace. That video is the only (laughs) time I've ever been like, well, we missed opportunities. (laughs) Should have had a real wedding. If only we had a real wedding, then we could have had Tony Cavallaro, whatever his name is. Force my family to deal with this. Uh, you know, gonna do what you gotta do, but guess we'll just love each other a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just think like, I'm just amazed in some ways that he is so much of a presence in my life at this point. Well, it is one of those things too, where it's rare that you fall in love with an artist. And then when you watch like, or listen to, or just seek out more of their stuff, you're like, well, there's some real major misses here. Mm -hmm. And the carpenter has some misses, but they're still carpentry enough that when you watch it, you're like, well, this is kind of fun at least. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, again, I keep harping it, but like you watch enough Italian films and you're like, oh, actually Carpenter has it all set. <laughs> right. Like plot wise, I've seen so many jails. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Why is that person doing that? Oh, now they're getting murdered in an elaborate way. Oh, okay. She. Why would she drink the broth that yeah, the person okay, gave her? Fine. Yeah. No, oh, now she's swimming in a sea of barbed wire. I don't know why that even is there. And maggots are coming you, from the ceiling. You have to regret that decision. Right. But at Tell the me. very least, Carpenter liked his actors versus right. Argento, who literally just was like, I don't care about the actors. They say my lines. Uh, I mean, also for me, because I love my wife so much. Like I always say like one of the reasons I always love Carpenter, but also Halloween is the three women are like, I think my wife is like the mix of all three of them. <laughs> so <laughs> they, I watch the triumvirate. That, of, that, I was going to say, they're your Trinity. They like, really yeah, are. Oh. Like, it's like every aspect of, I'm just like, I love that. And I love <laughs> that. And Oh, there she is. She's my wife. Like just uh, Halloween just does it so simply and so perfectly mm-hmm. where you're like, you have uh, you ever been to the shooting locations? No, but I saw, I've uh, been twice already and I've lived here for four months. I was just about months. to say, I was about to say social media wise, I believe the post that said, Hey, uh, I, Jeff Garlock, am moving to LA and Hey, here's a picture of me at the Pasadena Myers house. <laughs> we're maybe a week apart. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, I went on how, my, how long were you here before you went to see the Pasadena? Uh, we moved here June 29th. My birthday is July 13th. We were there on July 13th. <laughs> two weeks. I brought my two and a half year old son, my wife and Nate Smith. Uh, we went to see the Myers house. There's an art museum behind it that has art for from Halloween and they had a pop-up shop. Uh, And then there is a Indian restaurant that is the, uh, the uh, hardware store where he steals the The mask mask (laughs) rope and knives. So we ate there. I took a photo (laughs) with my Myers mask and then you can drive to Laurie Strode's house uh, where the people are very nice and they leave a pumpkin out all year. So you can take a photo 
fucking holding the pumpkin sitting where she's sitting. Oh, and then when I just went, because I'm crazy and, and made my back. wife go again two days ago. Tis the season. Look, I live nine minutes from there, and there's a great Indian restaurant that's not the one that we went to. Um, uh, there was a little girl who was, I'm guessing, nine or ten with her family, and she was wearing a Michael Myers mask holding a bloody knife, running from location to location. Never seen someone more excited. That's awesome. Like a young garlic in training. It really yeah, was. Yeah. I was like, look at that, Harry. That's what's going to be you one day. It's it's so funny right now. You see like an, a young kid who's into like that and you're like, that's weird. How do you end up getting into something like that? Right. And then it takes you 30 seconds to remember how when I was eight, I knew all of Monty Python by heart. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, my you- son has already heard like 70s kraut rock and fucking <laughs> Uh, I know he likes doom metal more than he likes grindcore. Like, so it's just like, but he also loves Enya more than anything. Uh, telling, so. like, dropping your kid off at daycares or like at the babysitter and just like, and as a heads up, he likes uh, doom metal more than grindcore. Yes. Okay. So if you're oh, and he's put, allergic to peanuts. Goodbye. Yes. Uh, lactose intolerant, loves Bell Witch. Um, no ass suck for him. Yeah, and the women's like, how do I? <laughs> yeah. what, what do I do here? Just put Enyan. <laughs> Shut up. Is his favorite musical uh, artist. That's awesome. Um, well, Garlock, thanks for coming on. Thanks this is a, and happy Halloween, sir. Oh, I am so happy. <laughs> it is Halloween. Enjoy trick or treating. Thank uh, you. And uh, wow, impeccable timing. The landscapers <laughs> have arrived, <laughs> and I'm not. My windows are still open. Uh, anything you want to plug, Garlock? Uh, I don't know. Worst gig ever. My old podcast. Hey, <laughs> it's uh, coming in hot now. <laughs> this gardener. Uh, pick up my band, uh, Lois State's record, Covert Cult of Death, uh, and any of the Orchid and Ritual Mess. So you can go to jeffgarlock.com. All my records and stuff are up there. Jeffgarlock.com for all his records. And Jeff, what are you on uh, social media? Oof. At G Garlock and Twitter and probably that on Instagram. Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter with your favorite uh, John Carpenter themes, motifs, uh, trivia, whatever you want. I just love when these episodes drop, seeing fans directly re- react exactly. to the shit we were saying. So I'll tag you in the post and Perfect. Then people just respond. And check out or Jeff's if you new- just have work for me yeah, in yeah, LA. Like- <laughs> she got writing gigs. Uh, but no, also I want you to tell me if you like They Live. <laughs> right. Tell me if you like They Live. Get us writing gigs. I'll do sheetrock. I'll sheetrock your basement for you. <laughs> It's getting it's getting dry out here. <laughs> Bye shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.